stay at home and protect lives. That's the clear warning from the health secretary, Matt Hancock, who says it's not a request, but an instruction. I folks, quick update for me on the campaign against coronavirus. I want every American to be prepared for the hard days that lie ahead. Finding faster ways to test people who may have the virus. And it was such an incredible moment that it's now taking place every Thursday at 8 p.m. None of us can say when this will end, but end it will. Hello and welcome to Corona Chronicles, where in the coming weeks we will attempt to touch base with a wide range of people from all walks of life to talk about how the current situation is impacting them both professionally and personally, as well as offering a cup full of cheer, some top tips and stats, and most importantly to touch virtual base with a cheery hello. And without the need for hand sanitizer, I'm Nick Randall. Today we're looking at how a talented group of writers and performers have, despite coronavirus restrictions, produced a brand new web drama reflecting the stresses and strains of life in lockdown. The series, set during the current coronavirus pandemic, is made up of a collection of mini-dramas following Jamie, a young Welshman in his mid-twenties, and his relationships with his partner Ben, grandmother Polly, and his friends. Okay, with me on the line is Andrew Creek, the director and producer of Self-Isolation, a micro-drama that explores the impact of coronavirus on friends, family and partners, it says here, and the way in which we're all responding to a world in isolation. A quick turnaround's getting this up and running, Andrew. That obviously couldn't be better timed. Yeah, um, I always look for new things to create and make. I, I'm quite a creative person, but I'm very picky with my ideas. Like, I'll come... Um, so I, I was in the middle of trying to come up with a new idea as it was. And then when this pandemic broke out, I was trying to think of ways we could still stay creative. Um, as people may be aware, around 170,000 members of the film and television industry are now unemployed in the other creative sectors as well. And I'm part of that. So I was like, well, is there anything I can do that can help slightly with this? So we decided to put our little budget we had that was uh, put aside for a short film, which has now been postponed, into this series so that we could still create and help other actors, writers, editors and composers in, while in this pandemic. So this is a web series that's being filmed. It's not audio. It's, it's, it's to be watched on the screen. Yes, that's correct. So uh, all the actors are filming themselves, be it via webcam or their phone. And because it's a web, uh, as in like a video chat, it quite it works that way because you it's not as believable when you see a video chat on films and television that have been filmed on a 4K camera. It's always tends to be downgraded a bit. So it looks more right as if like you are actually having a video chat which is quite nice because it means that while yes it's not being filmed on amazing cameras it makes it more believable. So this is throwing up some quite sort of unique challenges because presumably some of the actors they're going to have to be trained in, in exactly what you need from them not just a, from a performance point of view. Yeah so um, we've been doing rehearsals through a video uh, chatting service um, so that actors can uh, still bounce off each other because they have to record by themselves without their counterparts and during that point we'll discuss during these conversations and rehearsals we discuss how we want the camera fill like how we want each bit filmed whether it needs to be portrait or landscape and uh, like where they need to position themselves and we tend to have like nice discussions then about what's behind them and stuff and checking that everything works for us. Mm. 
Are you using things like green screen at all, or is it it's literally just it's it's very basic that like people in their kitchens talking to other people? Yeah, it's literally people using their own houses, um, backgrounds. So um, it, it just makes it look more believable then because like, it takes a lot of work in television and films to get a house to look like it's been lived in. We don't have to worry about that because these houses are actually being lived in and it makes like the world seem bigger and better, I find. Absolutely. Were there any other obstacles that uh, you know uh, appeared that you really weren't expecting at all? Things that came rather left field, as it were. Um, luckily for us, there hasn't actually been very many obstacles that have uh, come our way. So, um, like I said, like the one, the biggest obstacle we were originally worried about were the actors not having to bounce off each other. But then yes. uh, we decided to try and organise um, Zoom calls to re- uh, rehearse, and that so that's fixed that problem pretty easily. And the actors then got to learn how to bounce off each other. And then after seeing a cut of one of our episodes only this morning it's starting to look really well and you wouldn't actually know that they weren't talking to each other at the time, which is quite brilliant. So these are three-minute uh, episodes, is that right? Uh, that's the aim estimate sort of thing. So we've gone by the page-per-minute rule with scripting. So the scripts are between three and four pages. Um, so sometimes that'll go over a little bit, sometimes it won't. But it's going to be around three to five minutes an episode, yeah. OK. And so without giving away t- too many spoilers, what can we expect? Give us a little background to, to the story. So the series itself follows our main character of Jamie and how he interacts with people in his life. So in the first episode... We get to see a how he's dealing with his romantic relationship with his partner Ben, who is stuck out in Australia, having been possibly exposed to the virus and now self-isolating with family down there. Then when it comes to the second episode, we get to meet Jamie talking to his grandmother, who's uh, finding it difficult to adapt to being inside, not seeing anyone by herself. And then in the final episode, something happens uh, that causes Jamie to be quite upset. And then we get to see how his friends are still there to comfort him, be it not physically. Wow. So you're really taking on board all the all the, uh, the aspects of, of how this virus is affecting us in the real world and uh, really echoing that in, in something that couldn't be more up to date. Yeah, so we wanted to keep it as like real as possible. Um, so the, ori- the original idea was just uh, the first episode and it was just going to be like a little short film. And then we considered turning it into a mini, mini series. Um, so then we come up with the second episode with the grandmother being involved because um, I'm quite lucky. I live about a five minute walk from one of my uh, one of my paternal grandparents. So I still get to see them quite often, be it from a distance when I'm taking their shopping and other stuff. But And I noted how the first time I went up there, being able to see them but not actually give them a cutch actually really like upset me. So it was quite important to look at that aspect from my point of view as well. And then obviously, finally, one of the biggest things that are affecting a lot of people are is the lack of uh, being able to see their friends because that's something you would do on a daily basis. So that's when we decided to add that to episode three. So, of course, you're all taking, you know, your own individual experience and how it's affecting you. And there are other writers on board, yeah? 
Yeah, so um, episode two is written by a brilliant writer called Simone Greenwood. Um, we started working on a short film last year, which has yet to go into production, and I previously worked with her through It's My Shout, which is a film scheme in Wales, where she wrote a short film called Tabard, which was broadcast on BBC Wales and is now available on YouTube. So I knew I really liked her writing style, so I messaged her to get her involved. And then I put a call out on a Facebook group for Cardiff creative individuals and discovered a really good writer called Lucas and got him on board to write the really emotional finale which because I uh, he sent examples over of previous work and I found he was really good at writing emotional stuff so we got him involved on that. And I've got to say, let's talk about the casting as well. I know you've got some fantastic young local talent on this, but in addition, Louise Jameson of stage and screen fame, who's featured on a number of our SNS online parent strand, uh, a bit of a legend, uh, Doctor Who, Tenko, Bergerac, EastEnders, Doc Martin, and so much more. Tell us about that casting. Yeah, um, we knew we needed a really good older actress for this. Um, I've only ever worked with one in the past and she was amazing but I didn't see her as Polly in my head and then suddenly I was watching uh, a behind the scenes on a Doctor Who Blu-ray that Louise is on and I was just thinking she would be perfect so we decided may as well try. We didn't expect to get any interest but she was really loved the script and then got on board which was really nice for us. It doesn't surprise me at all because she's lovely and, and and again it's all about the script isn't it? Yeah, so uh, she really liked the script, as I said earlier. Simone is a brilliant writer. Like I can see her going pretty far. She's only just starting out in screenwriting, but she, I think she's going to get interest from a lot of uh, produ production companies in the future. Uh, her script was like, the way she wrote The Grandmother, and like I did with uh, bringing in my real-life experiences, uh, she brought in an actual line that was said to her by her mother-in-law over a Skype call about wanting to get her hands on coronavirus, which is obviously the opposite of what you need to do in this current state. <laughs> so it, her script was very real. That's wonderful. I'm so looking forward to it, Andrew. I mean, it's interesting, but there is going to be so much drama about the virus um, uh, uh, later on when we get a chance to make dramas properly. But to do it at the time, you know, you're a real trailblazer. And who knows, this could evolve into, you know, a Channel 4 series. <laughs> Yeah, so um, it's been quite nice. So um, I hadn't really seen many other people planning stuff like this since, uh, before we'd uh, started doing pre-production. Then recently we saw a, a call out by BBC looking for scripts in a similar way, and we've seen some other Cardiff filmmakers now utilising webcams and web chats for films. So it's, like, it's quite nice that a lot of people are still being creative and using this time to still create in a world where people are relying on TV dramas and Netflix and all the stuff like that to get through it. Yes, and we and of course we just have that wonderful tribute to Elizabeth Sladen in the Sarah Jane Adventures, uh, the final episode uh, written by Russell T Davies, which was just fantastic. And all put together, it's like the glory days of Doctor Who, all done with sticky back plastic and all the rest of it, but it, it, it struck a chord and uh, got a few tears out of me. <laughs> oh, me too as well. I never really cry at television. I I normally get proud of saying I've only ever cried at two performances and they were theatre and not television, but now I can say I've cried at a visual thing as well. Oh, bless. Um, so when can we expect to watch this then? So we have a aim of the beginning of May. We don't have the exact date yet as we're waiting to see how quickly pre uh, post-production goes, but it looks like it's going to be within the first few weeks of May. 
The only other thing I want to ask is, a third time lucky production, why third time lucky? There's got to be a story there. It's not, it's not as interesting as it sounds. Oh. So, um, <laughs> myself and... So, our executive producer, Tony Filer, and myself used to uh, create fan audio dramas together just to learn how to produce and write and direct them. Uh, and that had a different name. And then when we were coming to make our own original stuff, we decided to make a new company just to separate the two uh, worlds. And I really wanted the type, the name to be something even if it was minutely connected to Wales. Um, so I was like uh, putting like actual Welsh words like kutch or cariad or stuff like that out there, which he was like, nah, I don't really like that. And then there's... Blythe Druve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Blythe Druve. <laughs> I feel like Bad Wolf Productions might come after us if we did that. Um, but then um, I remember watching a documentary a few years ago where it's believed that the saying third time lucky originated in Pontypridd in Wales because the bridge there fell down the first two times and then stayed up on the third one because a lot of people like a lot of people across the UK say third time lucky but in Wales we've always said third time lucky for a Welshman so we decided to utilize that as our name so it's not as exciting or as it sounds but yeah there is a slight story there. Oh, no, I think it's one of which rather sort of romantic and poetic. Um, Andrew Creek, director, producer of Self-Isolation, thank you so much for joining us on Corona Chronicles, and uh, we look forward to watching your new web series. No worries, and thank you. Andrew Creek there. OK, before we go, it's time to uh, read uh, some of the latest Corona-related news, uh, which is dated the 21st of April as we record. Latest figures show another 449 hospital patients have died in the UK after contracting the virus. The total number of people to die in hospital now stands at more than 16,500. Experts on the government's advisory committee, SAGE, will meet today to discuss whether members of the public should be told to wear masks when they go out. Dentists in England say a shortage of protective equipment is hampering their efforts to treat patients at new urgent care hubs set up to deal with emergencies whilst practices are closed. The British Dental Association says more than half the 1,000 dentists it surveyed didn't have enough kit. One patient is said to have been so desperate that he pulled out his own tooth. Ouch! How do I know if I have coronavirus or hay fever? The Royal College of General Practitioners is warning people not to mix up the symptoms of coronavirus with hay fever. It says it's concerned people may leave their houses thinking they've just got the seasonal illness when actually they may have contracted coronavirus and should stay at home. The number of people officially identified as infected with coronavirus in Italy has fallen for the first time since the country's outbreak began, authorities have said. And Betty Gutteridge from Warwickshire was meant to celebrate her 100th birthday with her family and friends. But, of course, she had to cancel her party due to the pandemic. So Warwickshire Fire and Rescue Service uh, set up a special surprise for her to help mark her big day. Staff from the fire service, as well as the local community, came out to celebrate Betty turning 100. So all we can say to Betty is many happy returns. And we hope, considering the circumstances, you get a cake from the Queen uh, as well as a telegram. And that's all from uh, Corona Chronicles. Uh, until next time, don't forget to check out Self-Isolation when it's available. And don't forget to self-isolate. I'm Nick Randall, and I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.